The Protectors of the Wood episode series, episode number 32. Please help us. Abby rode back down Grove Avenue to Hobart in high spirits. She could hardly believe her good luck. But as she began to get a view of the church, her heart sank. A fair crowd was milling around the sidewalk in front of the churchyard gate. Abby was about to turn around and hide somewhere when she recognized Sule, Nico, Phoebe, and Officer Harley among the people there. Clearly, Officer Harley was blocking entry to a group of reporters standing with cameras and sound equipment. Abby was almost to the sidewalk when people recognized her. Microphones and questions immediately surrounded her. Will you be giving the sermon in church tomorrow? Have the Bishop and Reverend Tuck approved the views expressed in your interview? Will you be granting more interviews? Yes. Can you tell me why you've chosen the Evansville Record and journalist Sarah Williams as your only contact in the world of media? Abby kept her mouth shut but suddenly had an idea. Sarah is not my only contact. Let me introduce Sule and Nico. As you'll notice, they've been taking photos as we stand here, and they may publish them in tomorrow's news. So, I suggest that we all treat each other with respect, since the public will see how we behave. I hope you haven't been giving Officer Harley here a difficult time. Eh, okay so far said the easygoing Middletown policeman. Do you mean these kids? Did they take the video in the hailstorm? I'll interview them. Abby put her finger across her lips and Sule and Nico were silent, still taking pictures. Soon everyone was taking pictures of everyone else. Abby took advantage of the extra space to bring her bike up to the gate. Nico opened it and Abby slipped through. Two reporters tried to follow, but Officer Harley stood in the way. Abby requested that Sule, Phoebe, and Nico be allowed to follow her, and he let them pass. One older, quiet reporter asked, uh, Pardon me, young lady. Can I have one question? I'm not your enemy, you know. There was something in his voice that Abby found irresistible, and she turned back to listen. I'm Barry Lipton, and this is Zoe Collins. We're from the River City News. The rest of the reporters crowded around in silence, hoping to record anything Abby might say. Abby told Phoebe, Sule, and Nico to wait on the bench under the maple trees, and she turned back to Barry and Zoe. They leaned on the fence to come closer to her. The cameras clicked. Okay. One question. Thanks for being so polite. Zoe, a young woman probably in her mid-twenties, leaned over a bit more and said, We're really interested in what you're doing, but we don't understand it. Can you help us report the story accurately? I know some people take a negative attitude and twist events to look bad, but it won't help you to avoid even sympathetic reporters. Abby came closer to avoid raising her voice. Right now, I'm just trying to make a living, helping the church and working with children. 
I'm trying to be normal, but it's very hard under these circumstances. I'd be happy to speak more freely, but I can't have people following me around, interrupting my jobs, my time off. It gets crazy. If everyone would be nicer, I would be happy to talk. Please, take this opportunity to say whatever you like. I'm not even 20 years old yet. I haven't been to college. I need to work to live. But I also want to have some influence in this world. I want to work with people to make things better. Let me ask you, does our world look dangerous, fragile, basically in a lot of trouble these days? Yes, absolutely. We can agree more. But what kind of things are you trying to do to make it better? What do you recommend? I try to... I try to begin talking about that in the Evansville record interview. We want to help the church change with the times, involve young people, raise money, talk in an honest way about climate change. But these things are hard to do without dealing with the way that we see the world. Our purpose here, our attitudes towards Earth and the future and each other. Are the Earth and our life here basically good? Is it our responsibility to pass on a bright future to the next generation? Do we care how we treat our home and the millions of life forms that live here too? Is the earth holy, sacred, or is everything sacred only somewhere else? Up in heaven, for instance. Are we part of a larger purpose that we can understand and talk about? These questions have to be raised if we are to heal the terrible wounds and fears and destructive behavior in our world today. I know this sounds trite, maybe too obvious to be interesting. Abby paused. No, no, it's very interesting. Sir Williams has promised her audience another interview with you. Could you allow Barry and I to be there and represent River City and the questions of our public? I'd have to think about it. I'm not absolutely sure I'll do another interview, but I'd be happy to take your card and get back to you. About a dozen hands suddenly reached out with cards, and she took them all. I'll do my best to set something up. My friends and I don't mean to favor anyone, but you can understand. We've been through some very frightening experiences. We have responsibilities. We all want to be treated with respect, not viewed as devils. Please help us. Abby realized that Phoebe, Sule, and Nico were kneeling around her, taking pictures. Sule had her fancy video camera. Shouted questions continued for about a minute, and then Officer Harley tried to disperse the crowd. Two reporters insisted on their right to stand there on the sidewalk, and Officer Harley stayed at the gate. Abby sat on the grass just in front of the bench, facing her three friends. They were now far enough from the street to speak softly and not be heard. Sule said, Go, Abby. Nice job. Then Phoebe said, Yeah, you might have won a few friends among that group. We need friends. And we got good pictures, too. If any of them get nasty, we know who they are. I don't think this crowd was nasty. They're just trying to do their job. Our real enemies are not those people. And if they get aggressive, 
It's just pressure from their bosses. But I'm so worried about stalkers and maybe a reporter or two who wants a scoop of some kind. And I'm afraid I've turned their attention on all of you now. Oh, I shouldn't have done that. Sule replied. Oh, I'm glad you reminded me. We had reporters in our store today. It was all right. My father handled them and they bought stuff. And we've already got hostile trolls messaging our website. We ignore them. Abby took a deep breath. <sighs> I'm afraid for all of us. And I'm not sure how to get out of town on Friday. Phoebe tried hard to keep her voice down. Stephanie told me I'm going with you. Give us the details. What's the plan? I need help. I hope so. The last couple of days have been boring. What can we do? Abby took a quick look around and was satisfied that no one was nearby. On Friday afternoon, 5 p.m. to be exact, Phoebe and I need to meet a boat on the north side of the Half Moon, just beyond Cemetery Bridge. We must not be photographed or bothered. We need a clean getaway. Oh, I can't wait. Phoebe was very pleased with this conversation. But your idea might be a little shaky. My idea is shaky. Sule's right. I was thinking of going out the door between the church and the old school building to Old Stone Road and crossing the street to Stable Lane. Partway down, almost opposite the toy store in Sammy's, there's a gap between the buildings on the left across Marie Place. Then, if you bend right, there's trees along the Main Street Bridge and along the river to the cemetery bridge. I know the cemetery is fenced in, but the water has gone down, and Phoebe and I can walk under to the far side. We should get there at exactly five. After some discussion, they hammered out a plan. At 4.40, Sule leaves Sammy's front door and walks up to the corner of Bridge Avenue and Old Stone Road. Nico leaves by the back door and waits at the alley outside the back wall of the churchyard. If they spot anything dangerous or suspicious afoot, they walk past the wrought iron door from the old stone road to the churchyard. Abby will be waiting there and can be warned with a quick signal. A slight shake of the head will do. If there's no warning, Abby departs at 5.50. Meanwhile, Phoebe stands at the back steps of the toy store and signals Abby if the coast is clear. If all is well, Phoebe follows Abby at a distance and warns her if they're followed. The plan depends on timing. We can't have Sule or Nico or me loitering around for 20 minutes looking nervous. That will attract attention. We must walk casually to our spots at 4.40, take one look, and notify Abby or not. By 4.45, Abby must step out onto Old Stone Road and cross immediately. Nico and Sule looked at each other with raised eyebrows. Sule told him, That's right. Abby had noticed that Sule and Nico could communicate with only body language and a word or two. We have the same idea. If Abby is followed, we'll go after the stalker and take pictures. They get scared when we take pictures now. 
Some of those guys probably lost their stalker jobs once their faces started getting shared all over. Phoebe agreed. It looks good to me. Nico? We got it. Perfect. It's like a plan for a free kick in soccer. Everyone moves in sync. At least Abby will get away free. And probably Phoebe too. If I'm not there, Abby, just go. Don't wait. I could get a ride Saturday morning. I'm grateful. This is looking really important. We'll talk again in Evansville. They slapped hands and parted in high spirits. The sidewalk was clear. Abby returned to her cottage and read Yuvia's note over and over. Thanks for listening. Episode number 33 is coming soon. To hear all of the episodes, please go to our website, www.protectorsofthewood.com. For Facebook and Instagram, go to Protectors of the Wood Book Series.
of the great heart.